When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Yeah, he's, he's a really good-looking player, I and mean, he looks like he's uh, multi-dimensional. He can do a lot of things, and uh, he's gone out there and had some uh, good at bats. I mean, going out there today in, in a big spot at the end of the game, and uh, and winning the game for his team, I'm sure, is is uh, very important to him. And uh, he's he's impressive. He's he's been uh, uh, fun to watch. Uh, more fun if we weren't playing him, but. Uh, He's done, uh, he's, he's done a nice job. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. I feel like all of Rocco Baldelli's press conference videos and even the, the audio, you know, if you're just listening to the podcast and you heard him speaking, it all feels very hostage-like. Yes. I don't know, like he, he's got the mask on. Like, does he have to? I mean, And I am pro-mask, don't get me wrong, but like. Is there anyone else in that room? Dustin, like, like he's might, up against he's up against the wall. I think he's Dustin's like being, right there. I think I think he's yeah. right. I, I think he's close okay. enough by that that he's being trying to be thoughtful. As we all know, who have been in locker rooms, Zoom era is the worst possible thing that could ever happen to access. Because I, I don't think this is going away. Like even as we get vaccines, we roll things. Like it's going to be years, I think, before we allow people back in. I'm, I mean, I'm serious. There's going to be a whole generation of young baseball writers that never had the thrill and the exhilarating feeling of walking up to angry Ryan Domit after a 13 to three loss and getting this the the death glare through the back of your skull yeah. or, or that face to face and John Roush. But that gave you. But those, But that that was the best part because it gives you the best part of the story because they're so mad. It's awesome. Or, I love it. Or, and, or and someone like, like Judd pissing off Jim Tomey too at the last second. And a hostile, <laughs> a hostile Judd locker went at room. Jim Tomey. No, I didn't. I just said, do you want to be here? Because everyone was softballing. <laughs> everyone was like, well, you know, and you're such a nice guy. And I just said, do you want to be here? Because like the team sucked. He should have said, no, I want out. It's the angriest Jim Tomey's ever been in his life, by the way. It was was Judd trying to get him, say that you hate Minnesota. No, say that you hate the us. The team stunk. He needed to get out of here. Like, all he should say, all I wanted was, I'm hoping I get traded. Sooner the better. <laughs> by the end of the day, which I think he did anyway. But Rocco is, um, um, yeah, no, I think Rocco's trying to be, like, he's doing the right thing. But, yes, the the, the mask on does. And, and like, these Zooms from Detroit are very um, sort of like, I don't know if the word is dark or what, but like there's like the color's not good and stuff. And so, yes, it looks, I am fine. The Tigers are being good to us. We are very happy here. There, there's like a, a sh- shadow of a baseball bat off to the side of Rocco Baldelli's head. 
Oh man, we we actually what we really need is Jim Leland to come back to do these just like ri- just ripping six heaters and eating Chinese food after every game. Which, by the way, that's exactly what Jim Leland would do in the visiting clubhouse. He would just there would just be like nine empty Chinese food cartons. Oh, would there? And that sounds an great. ashtray. Like you're <laughs> not supposed great. to smoke inside. Oh, I knew he smoked. I didn't know he ate Chinese food. That's great. J- J- Jim Leland <laughs> and Sayoshi Nishioka, the oh, the God. two guys who just said we don't care what the smoking rules are inside Target Field. So uh, so this is Mackie and Judd. So write that down prediction Wednesday. We're going to get our write that down predictions, which are mostly wrong, and uh, an accountability session. We've got an interesting clip on today's show also from the ESPN Jump Crew about the Timberwolves. But we talk twins every single day, basically, all throughout the season. We do deep dives. We break twins games down like they are football games. Talking twins with Mackie and Judd. And Judd, why don't you start us off wherever you want to go off yesterday's game. Twins grinded that thing out. Byron Buxton came back and ripped another ridiculous home run. Extra innings did not go the way uh, that they wanted to. So where do you want to start here on talking twins today? You know what? I would actually like to start with with um, the last thing that you brought up and the philosophy that I believe should be used when you go to extra frames now and you start a guy on second base. And I, I don't know why I like this rule. I mean, I already see a ton of people are like, oh, this rule, I can't believe it's still here, blah, blah. I love it, okay? It gets the game done. It's exciting. It's got strategy. Um, But the more I watch it now, Phil, the more that I really think that this is the uh, an exact parallel in many ways philosophically to three-on-three overtime in hockey. Because here's what I, I like about this rule. It is still baseball. Like, it's just strategy. So it's not like it's not like a home run derby, right? Like, it's not like this, oh, my God, like, this is not a skills competition. But it expedites the game being done, which is which in baseball is great. But the other thing that I love is thinking through what the moves should be. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start you off with one that the Twins had a chance to do in the two games that they've played now that have gone to extras this year, and in both cases they lost and they did not do it, okay? So there's a man on second that you is placed there to start the bottom um, of the 10th in both the case against, obviously, the Brewers and the Tigers. Unless you have empirical evidence that the first guy that you're going to face is either a Hall of Fame player or crushes the pitcher that you are that you currently have in the game. Why wouldn't you walk him to set up force outs and to set up a double play at every turn? Like why wouldn't you do that? Um and then the second thing was I don't understand why you start the top of the 10th with Polanco on second, Nelson Cruz singles to right and you don't test the right fielder's arm, but instead yeah. but but instead he stops at third. And you put the contact play on, which is a risky play because the contact play, if the ball is hit hard, is a pretty easy out. My point being is I think the I think the thought process in extras with the current format needs to be ultra aggressive and proactive in the thinking, in the thinking of the person that's in charge of the strategy. I agree, and I thought first guess. I, you know, this isn't a second guess. Like watching that game, as soon as they held Polanco at third base, 
I mean, your, your instinct there, if you're a third base coach, is, well, listen, there's nobody out. Let's not get it. Let's not get someone thrown out at the plate with nobody out. Uh, and and I think earlier in the game, what you'd be thinking is, let's let's be sure to play for the big inning here. Let's not cut ourselves off from a big inning. Well, when you're in extra innings, one run probably wins the game in that spot. So you shouldn't like to me. It should be about just being as aggressive as possible without being reckless, right? But be as aggressive as possible in that spot. Send him home. And if he gets thrown out by a perfect throw from the right fielder, all right, you tip your cap and, and so be it. But you're but like I think sometimes teams get way too comfortable with, all right, we're gonna let's keep him at their base because then the next guy'll just hit a sacrifice fly. It's like the game isn't the same that it was ten years ago. A lot of the relievers that are coming in now, as you saw yesterday, are throwing just ridiculous sliders and ninety seven mile an hour fastballs and you know the, the 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 same thinking that carried through for 90 years in baseball, which is you don't want to be too aggressive sending a runner from third with nobody out because the next guy can hit a sack fly, the next guy can hit a ground ball, whatever, and you can still get that run home. We are in an unprecedented time of strikeouts and guys not making contact. And so, like, your chances of getting that sack fly or getting that ground ball where you want it and now teams are shifting. Like, think about this. Like, th- think about where the game is 20 years ago compared to now and how much easier it would have been 20 years ago to get that runner in from third base, right? Hitters are making more contact. Teams weren't shifting as often, so you could just hit a ground ball up the middle or hit a ground ball to the right side. Well, now there's a player standing there ready to field it up close, and he throws home. And so be aggressive when you can. To your point about first base being open at the start of an inning, I think it kind of depends on, like, all right, what what are the next four spots coming up in the opposing team's batting order, right? And if you're facing the Yankees, you might have to do some calculating and say, well, if we walk the first guy, let's say we walk, uh, you know, let's say we walk the first guy just to create a force at first, second, and third base, right? Yep. Well, but Aaron Judge is the fourth guy up in the inning, and so do we really want to open the door for Aaron Judge to bat? Like you have to do that when you're facing the Tigers. Right. Walk the first guy. Right. Yeah. Walk of course. The first guy. <laughs> I mean, seriously, like just put a guy on first and now you can get a force at any base. And I know that the announcers, I think it was more Bramer yesterday, was saying like, well, it's actually an advantage. And then once the inning carries over, like it's actually an advantage with first base being open here. It's like, well, his logic is, yeah, then the pitcher, the pitcher, you know, doesn't feel as much stress to have to not walk a hitter. But ultimately, like you're trying to get out. <laughs> so, yep. yeah, I'm with you on this. I They were three and one in extra innings last year. I looked it up. Um, so I, I can't, I don't think you can sit here and say like you can with the wild, that they're just bad and extras because they've been good record wise and extras, but I didn't love the way that they played that yesterday. It's just an interesting dynamic now that if we're going to keep this, which I hope that we do, because again, I like it like for this old traditionalist baseball thing of no, it's not baseball. You really want to sit there for 15, 16, seven, like you really want that. Um, but it, it's just occurred to me that that a proactive thought process that pretty much differs from what you do um, during most of the game is probably a smart one. And yeah, exactly. If you're playing the Detroit Tigers, okay, and I can create force outs and double play uh, potential, go ahead and try it. Do it. It's a di- th- that part of the game is different. Like there's. The thing I like about this rule, too, is it introduces a lot of dynamics that make you think, like, who's on second base? Because it's the guy that made 
the last out of the ninth or the tenth. And so is it a speedy guy? Because if it's not, uh, the other thing that I sent you in a text in our text thread that I would also do is I would also tell my player at second, if there is a ball hit to right, we're going to send you. And if you are going to be out, barrel into the catcher and make the umpire call you out for it. Because if he be, I'm well, dead serious stick, here. Stick your cleat in his St- neck Do whatever you have to do. Look, walk go away casually. casually. Here, here's what I would do. I would show my players 1970 All-Star Game, Riverfront Stadium, Pete Rose into Ray Fossey, where he took him out. He took him out. And I would yeah, that'll, say. That'll end well. And yeah. I would say, well, you know what? People get hurt. It's baseball. It's professional sports. But what I'm saying is make the home play. Make C.B. Buckner call you out. Make C.B. Well, Buckner, make Angel call you out. I don't ever want to roll the dice of C.B. Buckner. Exactly Angel right. That's my point. That's why, I, that's why I do this. <laughs> Real quick, speaking of bad umpires, I saw a note last night. So <laughs> Angel Hernandez had an all-time bad game behind home plate last night. Great. Oh, he did? So appar- yes. apparently, apparently he owned he only, according to the official K tracker on MLB's website during like the in-game pitch tracker, he only got eighty-two percent of balls and strikes right last night. What game was he, he missed, working? He missed. I don't even remember. Maybe Declan remembers. Uh, he was working the Angels Astros game, so he missed twenty-four calls <laughs> with a correct call percentage of eighty-three percent. It was the worst called game of the season, season thus far. Umpire auditor, by the way, if a good follow for to, to, to point out bad umpires. Umpire auditor. Umpire auditor. Completely unnecessary in today's day and age, and we've. We have literally had a K zone on the TV screen for twenty years now, going back, and MLB.com has it. Well, we, well, how do you adjust it for the height of the batter? Uh, I, I think well, we're fine. I think we're, oh, we're 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 sending we're sending spacecraft to Mars. Like I we can, can probably open figure my it out. garage door on my cell phone in another state. I think we can figure out. How the strike zone works for a guys, six foot four or five foot four hitter. But I don't even care about technology. Angel, Angel, my God, how has he not been fired? And by, by the way, he just lost his suit. So, so like that's gone now. Ba- baseball won. It got thrown out or he, he just lost. But anyway, like I keep coming back to this. Forget the technology. How are CB Buckner and Angel and Joe West still calling balls and strikes at all? Like, like this is everyone else gets fired. Like anybody else who's this incompetent just gets fired. It, it's okay. The other, the other thing fired. you'll notice last night. So I saw a couple of these clips. They showed a couple of the uh, where, where like a hitter. It was a full count or something, and a and there was a pitch off the plate. Yeah. And then Angel rings him up. What I think what happens is, let's say it's a full count, and there's a pitch that's like six inches off the outside corner, and the hitter starts to bend down to take his shin guard off. Angel sees the hitter bending down before the call and thinks, no, nah, dude, nah, not, yes. not on my watch, buddy. Nope. Phil's, right. Phil's exactly right. <laughs> Phil, yes. The best Sorry, part next. about this Twitter account, too, so it has 31,000 followers. A bunch of baseball players follow it. It only has one following account, but its header profile is literally Major League Baseball Umpires Association has blocked you on Twitter. So the Umpire Association has blocked this account because they've clearly, and it's great. They have they have one uh, even Ted Barrett who wrote the game previously to Angel. There is a he missed this call by six inches off the K zone. Six inches. He's old too, dude. Yeah. This is a great account. Umpire. Auditor. Also, like think about that. So they they block the umpire auditor. Oh, Why are umpires so afraid of accountability? And I I think I know the answer because ultimately, accountability will lead to 
robotic strike zone, which leads to them making less money and being less relevant, etc. But like a little accountability never hurt anyone. Angel Gonzalez, Angel, Angel Hernandez. Uh, real quick here. Byron Buxton comes back yesterday. He comes in uh, to, he, as a defensive replacement for Brent Rooker in the lineup. And there's an boom, upgrade. It's another like 450 foot home run. Just this is the most confident and comfortable we've ever seen Byron Buxton in the what six or seven years he's been up and down in the big league. So he does. This is going to sound crazy, but because it's it's so many ifs with him, right? It's if he's healthy, if he's feeling comfortable, if this, if that. But if he does play like 130, 140 games somehow, yes, yes. he legitimately has MVP potential. I mean, this. I think Mike Trout's always going to be the favorite, but Byron Buxton putting it all together is an MVP caliber player, and we've seen a taste of it here in the first few games. If he plays 135 to 150 games, the thing about it is, the most important thing for me, he is top, he might be top three, he is top three to five of guys who alter games. Like the total package, war, but I mean, think about it. If he, if he homers, that's fine. But if he singles, he's a huge problem, right? Um, outfield, he makes plays in in center field and in left, basically in right. Like if you think about if shortstop, over if to you third, could back judge, to if you could judge um, how much players alter the total package of games, he might be top three. Yeah, I don't think that's a hot take. In fact, uh, for the YouTube crowd, Declan agrees so much that, that he I has either fallen frozen. into a coma or his camera has frozen. Yeah, um, yeah, like, and, and it's it's been so he looks frustrating. Like he's in a Buxton. boy band for the, with that shot. Well, I look like he I'm looks in a like boy he's in a boy band, band a all the time. Yeah, I'm about to say, I think all the time. <laughs> no, but I mean, it looked like an album cover shot or something. Okay, now now he's just gone. Oh God! Now he's now no. Isn't um, this great? No signal. All right, Declan's hey, back. Good. Good. Technical good. meltdown here. By the way, our uh, our technical meltdown twins discussion is powered by our friends at Dennis Kirk. <laughs> so, uh, you know, long winter, spring and baseball season are here. Riding season is here. And so if you like to be outside, enjoy the weather, whatever you ride, whether it's Harleys, Metric Cruisers, sport bikes, you'll find what you need at DennisKirk.com. 160,000 parts and accessories in stock, clothing and helmets as well. If you order by 8 p.m., They'll ship the same day. Plus, shipping is free for orders over $89. The best in the business, DennisKirk.com. Everything you need for your ride at DennisKirk.com. Just like a boy band, too, I have slid over to the right of the screen now. So I, I'm now, my, my <laughs> dance moves have got me over here. So now I'm on the right side. Thanks, Timberlake. Nice You're job. Welcome. Nice job there, uh, Lance Bass. Way to go. Oh, Lance Bass. All right. Ouch. Let's hear from... <laughs> What's wrong with Lance Bass? Yeah, yeah, I don't want to be Lance Bass. Well, I, I don't, I don't want to be Lance Bass. He wanted Bass. to be Timberlake. I gave yeah, him Timberlake. I wanted, yeah, I want to be Tim, I'm Timberlake always. I, mean, I want to be Timberlake. I mean, Timberlake's a legend, man. I mean, yeah. there's a, you, don't just, you don't just be handing out the Timberlake comparisons. I guess. Um, it's always fun to hear other people, like national people, prominent former players and ESPN shows talking about our Minnesota sports team. So Declan has a clip here from ESPN's The Jump. This is Rachel Nichols and a bunch of former credible NBA players. Is it fair to say them just sort of arguing over yeah. what the Minnesota Timberwolves are? I would say it's Richard Jefferson saying that this team needs something else to really put itself over the top in the West and be a force. Where Rachel and uh, Perkins are more saying that just, you know, this inept franchise, let them just have a seven or eight seed. So they kind of go back and forth a little bit. 
Yeah, no, I, I, th I think D'Lo's a bucket. I think we know. But I think ultimately, until they are the like, – until – uh, D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns are your second and third best player. Oh. I don't think you're an actual high-level postseason team. See, I thought you were going to say until Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell are consistently healthy and playing together. Can we, like, let's No, I think they can first. make the postseason. I think they can make the postseason with Anthony Edwards and all, like, like yeah. he said, I think they could be a seven seed. But your goal is not to be a seven seed. Yes, that's a step in the right direction. But how do you get to three, four, one, two? How do you get yeah. to that? you got to have better players. Mm. Can I say, Where's okay. Perk? I wanted Perk. Perk was going to yeah, jump in. I think Perk wound up disagreeing there. But just on what Richard Jefferson just said, I just want to stand up here, <laughs> give him a round of applause, because we, and it's it's not our fault, okay? It's not our fault. There's a, there's a generation, two generations of Minnesota sports fans. If you're basically, if you were born after 1980, uh, or maybe more like 1985. If you're like, I'm 1985, I barely remember the Twins World Series in 1991. 30 years of the major men's professional sports teams, zero championships. And we have lowered our expectation bar so much. If the Vikings go 10-6 and six and win the division and put up a good fight in one playoff game, like, all right, come back and get them next year, right? That's good enough. Well, if the Timberwolves can just get back to the playoffs and be a seven seed, and I get that that's ultimately step one in a in a path maybe higher up in the Western Conference standing at some point. But, like, what Richard Jefferson just said is 100% right. Raise your expectations. It's not about just sneaking back in the playoffs. And I get that there's been such a long drought that it might feel like that's the goal. But you should be building towards something bigger with getting into the playoffs as the first step to that bigger goal. And so, listen, we'll get to see it play out with the with the, the new big three here with the Timberwolves. And and we'll get to see another month's worth of games in this regular season. But I like that he's I like that he was pushed on and said, "What is it? What do you mean they can't? Get, no, they can get to the playoffs." But the question is: Is Carl Anthony Towns a true one? Is D'Lo a true max player? Uh, what can Ant be? So I like I like that he's questioning the expectations of of the Timberwolves. I like that he's questioning expectations, and I like that he's putting a blanket over his statement, which I believe to be true, which is your goal should not be, can I just be an eight seed, please? Can I play with the big <laughs> kids? Your goal should be to find a way to be in contention for actual playoff runs and championships, which the Wolves obviously are not near yet. Uh, but I, but he's wrong on one thing. D'Lo can contribute, and I'm not saying that he can't be a part of this team, and he can, and he can be an important part, okay? But for anyone watching the Wolves now, and we, we've talked about this, and it's absolutely going to be true, if this is going to get where he's talking about, okay? So let's say you're not just, oh, man, I, I'm a seventh seed. This is the greatest day of my life. Let's say you're trying to shoot for a, I don't know, three or four seed or something above that. It's This is, the, this is going to be the cat and ant show. D'Lo will be important, possibly, and he will play a role, and it'll be a... And, and also starring. So if if we were to give credits, okay, like if this was a TV show and we had credits and we knew who was being paid the most to be on our show, Cat for sure has to be. He just has to be. But then it's Ant, and then it's and then it's special guest appearance by D'Lo or also starring D'Lo. Yeah. So so this is not to be clear. If you're watching this team now. I think that we need to get past the, well, you know, now that they're going to play together, are Cat and D'Lo going to beat the pairing that we thought? I don't know. 
but I don't care as much as I previously did because this is going to be in on and off the court too, Phil. This is going to be the cat and ant show with special guest star D'Angelo Russell. Yeah, I think right now D'Lo is the better player between him and Ant, just in terms of mm-hmm. sort of understanding what to do off the ball. And like, that, if you go back, um, I think it was I think it was our guy Key Sang on on Twitter. He posted like three or four clips of D'Lo working off the ball in that game against the Kings, and, and just showing his basketball IQ. Like he's in a different spot because he's what five or six years into the league, and so he kind of understands the nuances that a guy who's only played 40 games in the league like Ant just hasn't figured out yet. But in just when you just look at those two guys and you look at their physical size and frame and you look at the things that they can do on the court to get to different spots, D'Lo is good. Ant has the potential to be great, like one of the best players in the NBA at some point. I'm not going to put that on him now or next year, but his upside is higher than D'Lo's. And I think just in the small sampling we've seen of his personality and him in press conferences and and the way that teammates sort of gravitate toward him, he has more of an it factor than D'Lo has, too. So all of those things are percolating, to steal a word from uh, ESPN's Bob Lee. But I don't think Ant is there yet. So it's this, how does that dynamic play out over the next couple of years is going to be the most interesting question. But the Wolves aren't to where... where... Jefferson was talking about them being they're not there too and I'm saying to be there like if if they get if they get to and <laughs> a lot can go wrong it's the wolves but if the Timberwolves get to where Jefferson is talking about that they should um aspire to be then it's changed then it's then it is cat ant delo if he's here he probably will be that's that's how it's going to fall um yeah Ant has an it factor, and if you just look, I mean, the guy's 19. Like, look at what he's doing um, as much off the court as on at the age of 19. It's, to me, it's so impressive because he because you can't walk into a room and say, my name's Ant, and this is my, t- you know, right? This is my team, and we're going to do Zooms together, and it's going to be fun. You either have that or you don't. He does. And the importance of, of that b- beyond the uh, statistics and beyond the ordinary things that we like to break down to me are incredibly important. Yeah, and I think I know that there's a lot of there's a lot of big D'Lo fans that listen to our show either via podcast or on YouTube. And I'm not I'm not sitting here trying to make this about like casting shade upon D'Lo because D'Lo is a good player. He's a good, really good offensive player. And I still I think there's more upside there that's really untapped that maybe Chris Finch can unlock, especially some of the off the ball stuff. Like at first, we, you know, we watched Rubio and and D'Lo together early in the year, and it was like, well, D'Lo doesn't want to play off the ball. Clearly, this isn't going to work. And and what's what smarter film watching Wolves writers and bloggers have pointed out is actually D'Lo is great off the ball if the system is running the right way, so that the ball sort of comes back to him in certain situations. That game against the Kings is a great example of how you can use D'Lo off the ball and how Ant can maybe be used off the ball. So I guess what I'm saying is Chris Finch, I think, can put these pieces together better than Ryan Saunders was. Mm-hmm. And Ryan just needs like five more years as an assistant behind Eric Spolster or something, and then I think he'll be a head coach again. Um, but the, my biggest issue with D'Lo is twofold. One, this is what his one, two, three, fourth team in 
five years in the NBA, and there's a reason for that. Like guys who are bona fide star leader, like worth the max contract guys, aren't just bouncing around in trades. Like Correct. Brooklyn would have had him and said, "Oh my god, we got I can't believe the Lakers traded us this guy. We got to build around this guy, right?" Uh, the the Warriors would have said, "I know that we have a logjam at guard, but holy cow, like this dude is." ridiculous and our two guards are in their 30s now so we got to find a way like it's it's always been we like D'Lo but we're willing to trade him to somebody else because we're not in love with D'Lo and I I consider that to be a little bit of a red flag sure in terms of in, in terms of a guy being the leader of your team I just don't think he's that I don't think I don't think Cat's well, personality not, is that's not either right right yeah. so it doesn't it doesn't mean that those guys are trash or that they need to just be punted the curve uh, to the curb, but but I think it means that there's going to be there's going to be some changes in the pecking order of this team over the next two or three years. And I will oversimplify it this way too: if you're going to make noise in the playoffs in 2021-22 NBA, you need a guard who can drop like 30, 35 points against a good team, like who can get into a shootout and just go. D'Lo sometimes is that guy, but I think Ant has a chance to be that guy almost every night, like a guy who just says. I'm scoring 35 or 40 tonight because I want to. And he lifts people up around him too though. Like that's mm-hmm. the most important thing is he's going he's going to lift guys up. Um All right, M- much like our championship thing where where we explained a while back, we're not ripping teams because w- we hate them. We're challenging them to win championships. Two guys that I'd like to make clear that I'm not ripping teammates, they are just better. Ant I think is going there. I, I'm not positive yet, but I think he's go, going there. And I and I know that his personality elevates people. Okay, and Kaprizov. I'm not ripping Wild and Wolves players below them. They are just better. They are better than their teammates. They have more talent than most. Like Cat is still great. That's fine. But I'm not ripping guys who when when I when I I, I spew superlatives about Ant. Or Kaprizov. I'm not ripping their teammates. What we're saying is these guys are special. And that's one thing in this town. We don't get special a ton. And when we do, we have to embrace it. And a guy like Cousins probably pays the price because he's not special. He's good. He's not special. But when you see guys that that have, to your point, Phil, the it factor, or when you see guys that you say that is that is a superstar, not a star, a superstar talent. That means that that player is superior to the majority of the people he plays with. Yep. Last 19 games for Ant Edwards as a 19-year-old, 24 points a game, five and a half rebounds, three assists, two steals, and he's got the shooting percentage. It's not amazing, but it's at least 42%. Uh, and and within that span, he dropped a forty burger. He's had a couple thirty point games. He's had some clunkers as well, which you're going to have when you're 19 years old. But yeah, I uh, a lot of this is it comes off as you're ripping D'Lo. It's and you know oh. it's probably in, in the presentation on my part. But I just I think the world of Ant's potential, and maybe the answer in in uh, Richard Jefferson's you know, Richard Jefferson was sort of speculating on how far D'Lo and Cat can take the Wolves. And the answer there might be Anthony Edwards is the one that's going to jump over both of those guys at some point. Not now, maybe not next year, but maybe maybe that's the thing that unlocks something beyond just sneaking into the playoffs. To make my so. boy band analogy, basically the Timberwolves are like 98 degrees 
and they need something else to put them at the top of like NSYNC and Backstreet Boys level. That's that's my mm. contribution to this Wolves conversation, by the way. Mm. Mm. I feel like you're shortchanging 98 degrees. I like 98 they were degrees. Definitely a playoff team in a really really crowded boy band conference back in the late 90s. Right? They but were did like they the ever? Three, they were the third seed. Did man. they ever ascend though to a Western Conference Finals or get on the same level as NSYNC, Backstreet Boys, and even like Boys I, to Men? I don't think so. I think they're I a big think step they down. Hit, I think they hit number one on Total Request Live a couple times on oh, MTV. Okay, all right. With Carson Daly. Carson Daly. Had Carson Daly that's or skinny you know, Carson Daly. Yeah. Which one was it? And the Wolves made eight straight playoffs. <laughs> you remember so Carson Daly? Hey, I weigh 120 pounds. Now I'm up to 275. What do you think about that? <laughs> I love Carson he definitely, Daly. Definitely fluctuates. Not that any of us. <laughs> well, I do. No, I do, too. I can, I can speak to that problem. <laughs> Uh, by the Amen. way, our our Wolves discussion today presented by uh, a mutual friend of the Wolves and us here at Score North Federated Mutual Insurance Company, which recently launched My Shield, the online client destination for risk management resources. If you're a business owner out there and you're a Minnesota sports fan, it's a, a good intersection for you to check out FederatedInsurance.com. Find out what My Shield can do for you, peace of mind, maximizing your business's potential, and uh, you can also download the app. It's free to download. But remember, at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. All right, we need to uh, we need to pause here, dust ourselves off from uh, from some incorrect predictions that I'm going to throw at you guys oh, in the accountability session, and get to the prediction segment of the week. Write that down on Mackie and Judd. Uh, yeah, most sports talking heads make predictions, then hope you forget about how wrong they were. But not Mackie and Judd. Write this down. This is the big leagues where we own our terrible predictions and keep track of each other's batting averages. It's Write That Down. Write it down. You like writing things down. With Mackie and Judd. Yeah, that's right. We're the only show in America that has the cojones, the grapefruits enough to actually keep track of our predictions. I feel like most people that talk about sports for a living just live in fear of being wrong. Oh, my God. They're like umpires. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. No, we don't want any accountability. Yeah, Angel Hernandez. We don't want. Yeah. We don't want the electronic strike zone. We don't want to know how wrong <laughs> no. we were. Oh, we don't want to get let go. Listen, we lean in to being wrong <laughs> on this show. All right, that's how this works here. And write that down every single Wednesday on Mackie and Judd, and also on Purple Daily. We've expanded the brand, so to speak, in 2021. So here's how write that down works. Three predictions from everybody each week. They must be quantifiable. We keep track of batting averages and home runs. And if you want to be a guest listener predictor like Jeff, formerly of Texas, now of Arkansas, is going to be on today's show, you can send a DM to me at Phil Mackey or at Dex's Tweets on Twitter or even Instagram. We check our DMs on Instagram, too. He's at the Dexter on Instagram. I'm uh, at Phil Mackey. Just hit us up and we can get you scheduled for some time this summer. So I want to give you guys a heads up that there were some bloodbathy things about the accountability session this week. Yeah. And there was also a bomb. There was oh. like a 450 foot home run hit in right that oh, down this cool. week. Okay. All right. Just want to throw that out there. Yeah. All right. I'm excited. Um, so, all right, let's dive into the accountability session here. Right. Judd says he's excited. Not sure that's the emotion I would go with if I were Judd Zolgad. Oh, here. Boy. I'm due for a bad week. Oh boy. Oh boy. Judd Zolgad came in flirting with a 500 batting average on the season. He is last year's reigning defending batting champion, home run champion, I believe, too. And he said Miguel Sano would hit the first home run of the regular season for the Minnesota Twins. Sorry, Judd. Oh, it's okay. I was, I was 
due for a three or a sure. one for four. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Just trying to ration, just trying to no, rationalize you know this Never away. too high, never too low. Never too high, never too low. It's always even keel. You very pessimistically said the Major League Baseball regular season will not start before May 1st. Which is what the owners wanted, darn it. Mm-hmm. And you said uh, this one took a couple years to come off the it board because they were both injured. But you I'm said impressed. Carl Anthony Towns and Joel Embiid will both be ejected from the next matchup with each other. They did not. These last two are callbacks of, of yeah. from way back when. Mm-hmm. And this one almost came off the board. This is this is, I believe, the oldest prediction on the books. And write that down. It's like five or six years old. Judd said Larry Brown will coach again. And uh, Larry Brown was flirting with an assistant job with was it Indiana? Yeah, with or Mike Woodson and the Indiana Hoosiers. And what happened? I thought I actually thought it was like a done deal, and then it sounds like he's not going to coach. I don't know. I'd have to look it up, but yes, it would be. I think it is our oldest prediction. I think it goes back okay. to to essentially. It might be the second year. Write that down. So I do have a question. I'm just sort of perusing through Larry Brown's. Wikipedia page and still alive. I think we missed something. So you made this prediction after he left SMU in 2016. So this is a five-year-old prediction. Okay. There's a section of Larry Brown's Wikipedia page that says on June 12th, 2018, Larry Brown accepted the proposal of auxilium Torino to become the new head coach of the Italian basketball, a basketball club of the Liga basket Serie A. Okay. LBA. Yeah. On June 17th, he officially became the new head coach of Torino of that year. He was fired mid-season after oh, so just he did. 24 games. So he's already been back. So I feel like we missed that. Yeah. We did. And Judd Zolgad deserves a point for saying Larry Brown will coach again. Yeah. I mean, we you, you didn't I said say. Co- I no, just, I, no. You said coach again. You didn't, yeah. You didn't say head coach. You didn't say America. Nope. I said he'll coach again. He'll be on a sideline at some point again. Yes. Okay. It's off the board. (laughs) It's off the board. It's off the board. It's off the board three years ago. (laughs) Okay. So I have a prediction on the board, and we'll get to mine here in a second. All right. I predicted recently that Larry Brown will perish before he coaches again, but that was after he got fired from the Italian job. So that one remains on the board. (laughs) Yeah. Yours. You were. Yeah, so mine mine actually came off the board in 2018. Yep. So the batting average you'll see on the screen at the end of this exercise is not going to be updated because yeah. uh, I'm I'm not talented enough to upgrade the graphic update the graphics uh, at live speed here. So I said Kyle Garlic will go yard in the Milwaukee series. Oh, he barely even played. I think he got a play appearance. Yeah. What happened? By the way, though, Brent Rooker just placed in the injured list that just came across. So he might get some playing time for Kyle Garlic. What's wrong with him? I don't. We don't know. Just he's on the injured list. Alex Kirloff get a call up for God's sakes. Yeah, (laughs) yes, exactly. Yeah, Yeah, I don't think we're far enough. I think we need one more week to make sure the service time. (laughs) Coming to get Phil. I can hear it in the background. (laughs) Well, uh, the next one here was not a hot take because I said Byron Buxton will hit the first home run of the regular season for the Minnesota Twins. Boys, that is a round tripper. Yep. That's my first round tripper of the year here. Yep, that's good. I'm going to write that down. You. He went yad. All right, the listeners had a bunch of things come off the board here. We'll start with John, who said the UND Fighting Hawks will win the national championship this year over Boston College. Pretty tough. Neither one of those teams made it. 
Uh, Eric said Alex Kirloff and Brent Rooker will both be on the Twins opening day roster in 2021. However, with help from some score North personalities turned listeners here. These are all now in the listener section yeah. of, of cause, cause we have four categories. We've got Mackie, Judd, Declan, and then everyone else goes into the listener category. So you guys can thank Doogie for saying Delo won't be back within four to six weeks. Really close. April 2nd was the six week cutoff and he came back like three days after Ooh. that. So Doogie's prediction yeah. was correct. Rami said two years ago, Kat and Embiid will not fight nor get ejected in their next meeting. That, that was response to my prediction. Yeah, he came back at me and he was right. Uh, and then Manny said the Gophers hockey team will lose, uh, will win at least one game in the NCAA hockey tournament in 2021. They did. And I just want to update this one here. Josh said there will be three or more Dick Bramergasms on Twins broadcast this year. We definitely had at least one. When Nelson Cruz hit a deep fly ball off of that position player that like backed the left fielder up to the warning track, and I'm pretty like there was at least one Bramergasm in that game. I think it might have been that at bat. So we're at one one Bramergasm on the season, and I'm taking a Bramergasm to mean like a full start, mm-hmm. or is he saying like any sort of Bramergasm, ah! like you know, walk yeah. off home run, etc. Yeah. yeah, no, there's a Bramerg. Yeah, no, no, it's got to be a full. No, it's got to be a full start. You're saying it's got to be a full-on. It's got to be the full game. start, and then not the home run, though, because if it's a home run, he's cl- clearly go- going to exceed three easily. So it's got to be. I-, I take it to mean when he gets really excited at a fly ball, which he tries not to do now, and then he has to pull it back. Got it. Oh, so you're so you're saying the false start is what that's the, the Bramer gas. Yeah, yep. Because like if yeah. he does, I mean, he's going to have them every time that they win a game. In in walk off fashion for sure, yeah, for sure. So and yeah. there's probably going to be more than three of those by July. Yeah. So so he has one false start Bramer gas on I the season it. so far. Yep. And he needs a couple more for Josh to pick up that prediction. All right. Rough week for Declan here. He said the Twins will win by three runs or less on opening day, and they had a three run lead Colin, in eh? the ninth of opening day. Yeah. Thanks, Alex. Appreciate oh, wow. that. And then they had a chance to win it in extras. You had so many chances there. Wow. You said Kenta Maeda will strike out at least six batters on opening day. He had five. And you said Brent Rooker will not be on. Or I'm sorry. Brent Rooker will make the Twins opening day roster, but Alex Kirloff will not. Well, neither one of them made the Twins yeah. opening day roster. Wow. So a little, little over three there mm. for Declan. And oh, these okay. are the updated batting Bye. average. Judd's actually hitting 455 with one home run. Declan's at 353 with a home run. Listeners jump up to 258, no home runs, and I have a 238 batting average with one home run on the season. In terms of all-time career stats, going back to 2018, Judd with a 154-hit uh, mark, which leads all of us in nine home runs. I'm at 117 hits and a league-leading 11 home runs. Listeners, 96 hits, nine home runs. Declan, 43 hits and three home run. I'm the logo, baby. Write it down. You like writing things down. I'm the logo (laughs) of write that down. Okay. What would the logo look like? If you're the logo, what what would the logo look like? Be writing. I'd be writing something down. Like you'd be drinking, probably. Ah, That wasn't... Okay. (laughs) It'd be like Judd on his fifth IPA, just like pointing (laughs) a finger at the... (laughs) Head sort of tilted. Yeah. Oh, man. 
All right, let's get our guy in here. Longtime uh, listener of the show and participant also on, on Vikings Ventline. He used to be Jeff in Texas for a long time. Now he's Jeff in Arkansas, and he's ready to take his swings and his at-bats. Jeff, what's going on, man? Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, guys. Glad to be on. Are you swinging for the fences? Are you dropping bunts? What's your strategy today? Uh, no, I just got uh, getting called up again from the minors. I'm just going to try <laughs> to make a name for myself here. All right, Brent Rooker. <laughs> for the listeners. Um, right. uh, one might be a bunt segment. Well, one might be a parlay bunt. You guys can make the call if it's evil, even legal. Okay. It so might be gonna... like saying the sun's not going to come up. The sun will come up tomorrow. You know, I mean, technically, you can you can make predictions like that. It's just people people tend to people tend to try and uphold the integrity of write that down until we get toward the end of the year, and then it just becomes a free for all. But here's how this is going to work: <laughs> we're going to start off three trips around the room. Jeff in Arkansas, followed by Judd, followed by Declan, followed by me, Phil Mackey, and then we'll do it two more times. So, uh, Jeff, why don't you start us off here? Write it down. You like writing things down. First prediction. Okay, the first prediction is your Minnesota Twins. And my Minnesota Twins will not extend their 19-game losing playoff streak this year. So okay. does that? So that that could win in one of two ways. They could either correct. They could either break the streak, or, or they could not make the playoffs. Correct. Right. Okay. That's fair. Well, okay. I like that. Write it down. You like writing things down. I like that. Right, a lot. Judd's good. Um. Neither Jarrett Culver or Josh Akogi will be with the Wolves when next season begins. Jarrett Culver and Akogi will both be elsewhere when next season begins. Man, epic, epic whiffs if that happens. I mean, by the way, maybe some advice to the Wolves front office. Like, if a guy can't shoot at all, just maybe stay away in the first round. Just maybe maybe get some guys in 2021. Have them hoist more three-pointers, Phil. That's Uh. the key. Just have them hoist the threes. (laughs) Yep. All right, Declan, your first prediction. All right, Write it down. You like writing things down. It's Masters week. It's WrestleMania weekend. There's a lot of things I could possibly. I, I had to limit myself. I could have done like like multiple predictions, but I'll just do one for each. So I'll start with the Masters one. The winner of the Masters. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Actually, hold on. Oh, Since, yep, yep. I, I'm Thank there you. with you, but let's just make it official here. Appreciate it. The winner of the Masters will shoot no lower than 12 under par. So the winner of the Masters will shoot no lower than 12 under par. Keep in mind, since last J- year, Dustin yeah, Johnson said J- 20 under par. Yeah. And the majority of them have shot, you know, 15, 16. So I'm, I'm going to say it's going to be a tougher course this year, and the winner will only shoot will shoot no lower than 12 under par. Well, wait a second, though. You're not saying anything. You're saying that the winning score will be <laughs> 12 under or better. Am I saying that? <laughs> I right? meant the other way around. I meant the other way around. <laughs> You're not saying so, anything. No, no, so no higher than 12 under par? Well, what are you trying to say? The are winner will say, be 12 under or or less than like 11, 10, worse. 9, descending from that. Got it. Okay. Because I was, I was going to come in and be like, just for Judd, who didn't probably didn't watch the Masters, like the winning score was 20 under. Yeah, no, I watched the Masters. I watched the Masters. I watched I, the Masters. I tinkered with it because I was like, wait, is it, would stuff. it be higher or would it be lower? So that's where I was struggling to figure out. Even I, I had to write this okay. down numerous times because there is, with golf, it's the only sport where you want the lower score. So I was trying to figure out how to word that appropriately. Right. But, no, I, I hear. I thought you were trying to go for the oh, like no, super no, no, square no, no, round no. bunt there. No, and then that's sure. fine. Like You can bunt if you want to. So you're saying if the winning score is minus 13, then you don't I get lose. the point. Correct. 
That's no, honestly, then that's a home run prediction. I think. Okay. I think wow. I think if you if you look at the way that like look how good the golfers are. Bill's riding the, the roller coaster. Win, the, win, <laughs> the winning score was twenty under par in November, and Declan is saying that the winning score is going to be eight strokes worse or more. Yeah. And so I think if that happens, it's a home run. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> now that we got through that, Phil, just want just want to make sure we get the phrasing right there. I want to make a master's prediction as well. Hello, friends <laughs> and colleagues. It's always nice when the azaleas are in full bloom and the babbling brooks are trickling through the creeks at the Masters at Augusta and putting hushed tones on every word. John Rahm will win the Masters oh, wow. one week after the birth of his first child. That's right. John Rahm will win the Masters right. on CBS. Tony, back to you. <laughs> All right, Jeff in Texas. Okay, I got a two. I got a. I got a uh, two prediction parlay here. Like mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, I lose. <laughs> Hopefully, wow. this doesn't come through. Okay. Have you ever made a bet? Hoping, you know, like you bet on the Vikings to lose. So oh, yeah. That you do win. that all the yeah. time, Jeff. Yeah, all the time. Yes, I do 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 all that all the time. Because I just have, you know, a streaming money just coming out of every place that I can just put <laughs> down on anything. Yeah. That's, that's great. Not- yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's okay. a, I think it's a great way to just make sure that you feel <laughs> you feel some positive emotion after a crushing Vikings loss. Yeah. Financial I still haven't won a Super Bowl and I'm still not rich, but. Um, so the Timberwolves will not get Jalen Suggs and the Vikings will not draft an offensive lineman in the first round. Okay. All right. I think the Vikings are drafting a cornerback now after the news that came down a couple days ago, but we'll see. Write that down. I like we'll it. We'll see. All right. A little, little draft parlay for Jeff. Back to Judd Zilgad. Write it down. You like writing things down. Miguel Sano. We'll play in 10 or more games at third base this season. Miguel Sano will end up playing in 10 or more games at third base this season for the Minnesota Twins. Interesting. Did Has he logged anything over there yet to this point, or has it just been a rise at third? Mm-hmm. And Donaldson for five seconds. Five. No, he didn't even get to third base. What are you talking that's, about? That's right. That's right. He, did, he, did, he, didn't, he didn't even play. He's the yeah, second right. batter of the year, and he got <laughs> hurt. Right. He got hurt. So he hasn't even logged an inning at third base yet. No. Arise was supposed to start in left field. Uh, yeah, I think he Write did. Write it down. You like writing he, things down. He got. I think he got into a game b- 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 earlier this week at third base for a while. Okay. But it's going to so, be more uh, than 10. So, so, so ten, 10 total more. for the season. 10 or more. more. 10 or more. Okay. All right, back to Declan. All right, Twins prediction for me, too. He has yet to hit a home run, so I will say by next week's Write That Down, Max Kepler will hit his first home run of the season. So right now, Kepler is hitting well, but no home runs yet. So I will say Max Kepler will hit his first home run by next week's Write That Down. That was the other thing about yesterday. They decided to hold Polanco at third in extra innings, and it's Max Kepler against a nasty lefty, right? I think was the next batter. Yeah. So I don't know, just uh, a little more awareness from third base coach there would have been. Write it down. You like writing things down. All right, write this down. Declan and I, by the way, have the same type. We, we're going <laughs> Masters, Twins, and then WrestleMania okay. in, in that order. So my Twins prediction is that, and this might actually be a home run. You guys can tell me. 
Byron Buxton will avoid the injured list until at least June 1st. Byron Buxton will avoid the injured list until at least June 1st. Write it down. So he will go two solid months so then, without landing on the injured list. And then he will <laughs> land on it. I know it's not an actual home run, but it kind of feels that way. It would be a huge sure. win if so he wait, could go so the first if, two months. If he, if he goes the entire year and does not go on, and I, I know this is a stretch, on that list, do you get the point then? Yeah, I'm saying he won't. He he will avoid the injured list for the first two months of the season okay. until until June first. Okay. If he goes the, on the yeah, you would get the point. But if you said he didn't make the injured list all season, that would, be, in my opinion, that would be a home run. If you yeah. if, if you said it all season, okay. but no, he'd get the point. It wouldn't be a home run though. Gotcha. Cool. Yeah, like if he hits the injured list on June second, I still get the point. Yep. Mm-hmm. And maybe next week, maybe I'll I'll see how he feels physically the rest of the week, and then maybe I'll make that full season prediction. Write that down. Although those walls aren't going anywhere. So, uh, all right, back to Jeff in Arkansas. Your last prediction, sir. Yeah. So this prediction is is in the spirit of one of the rules that should be that should have been implemented. To write that down, <laughs> that something has to come off the board the next week that you all voted down, which the you. Listeners should have had another hit you last know, I, year. I, I, am, I am not completely opposed to that rule, and I think it should be up for consideration for next season. I, I don't think the league was ready to implement that this year. We just weren't. We're like Major League Baseball. You know, we need to test some things yeah. out in the minor leagues <laughs> first, and then you know maybe see how the crowd reacts. But up for consideration. There's so much stuff year. that came off the board at the beginning of the year that you guys just whipped through it. You had your podcast. You had to get it over with. But so. In the spirit of the Masters, John Rahm is not winning the Masters. Jordan Spieth is winning the Masters this year wow, again. Oh, there it is. He's All back, right. man. Yeah, he, he's back. He's my pick, I think, too. Jordan Spieth. He's a good one. Yeah. I think he'll choke. He, you, uh, well, <laughs> he's never done that before. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm, that, that's an unfortunate part of him. The pressure. Yeah, I mean, he's, 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 I, I think he's, he won the tournament last week and then he blue one like three weeks ago yes. like he's dialed in right now for the most part yeah dialed in, except for the one that he blew until he sees the azaleas and he chokes on them <laughs> i've got too much pollen in my lungs i couldn't win <laughs> the pollen coming up next 60 minutes right here on cbs <laughs> after the master all right, Jeff in Arkansas, formerly Jeff in Texas. Since you've got this platform now, <laughs> is there anyone in your life you'd like to thank that got you here? No, you guys got me here. You guys are great, and I appreciate it. Anytime you need a, anytime you need somebody to jump on, let me know. Listen, I think I think the three Love of it. us are going to take some sh- uh, joint vacation in a few weeks, and we might just have you solo everything if that works. <laughs> no, here's what. No, 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 no. I do have a great idea for you guys. <laughs> Let's hear it. What's the what's the sincerest form of flattery? Imitation, right? Yes. I think you should have a segment once a week for the best Randy and Cottage Grove imitators. <laughs> as uh, they like to say. Yeah, can we could we just get like a lineup of an anonymous faces on the YouTube channel and everyone is trying their best Randy and Cottage Grove? Yes. No, okay. Tell, be honest. I know you're not going to be honest, but He's a bit, right? Listen, we have no idea. He calls our show. He knows our phone number. He knows our hotline. Okay, and, uh, so he's not, you so guys we, didn't set him up. We interact. Oh. You know, if However he lives his life away from our show is a mystery. 
Uh, he's built up a thousand followers on Twitter at Randy Vikes sixty nine. And so, if anybody, if if there's a backstory there that we don't know, and someone can uncover it, then by all no, means. No, I meant like he's not one of your. He's not as some character you guys created and have call in like, like, um, Gerb Schmidt. You I know, mean, Gerb Schmidt. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean to bring it up, but the the Jockage thing was so hilarious. Uh, it's Tinia Kuris is the official yeah, medical or what, for Yeah, it. whatever okay. that was. He didn't call yeah, for a month a, after was, that. He's a, he's a survivor, as, that as was they so say. Funny. Yeah. That was so funny. So, well, okay. some, people, some right. people thought that it was Brian Murphy from the Pioneer Press, you know, formerly really? the Pioneer Press. And then other people, I think other people thought that it was like Manny doing, because Manny has a uh, deep voice. Can, okay. So, but uh, no, it's, it's, it's not. I can assure you of that, but. Uh, yeah, maybe someone can do some Dateline NBC investigative reporting, and, and actually, that might not be a good idea, just based on what I think Randy. Well, he might end up on that show regardless. <laughs> yeah, I think he will. Hey, Hello, what is Manny Hansen. doing? What's Manny doing? So Manny is producing a couple uh, weekend shows for us and doing some behind the scenes work here. Um, so, but right, like the only, the only, just for for Jeff and for the audience, the only three full-time score employees right now are the three guys right here that you see. And maybe at some point we can build it back. So, well, I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. So, I miss you guys. I got to listen to, I still have to listen to Texas radio. No. <laughs> we well, they have about nine that. sports stations. Yeah. So you, you, well, no, they've scaled down too. They only have two. Okay. Their ESPN station canceled. So the ESPN, the ESPN station owned the, Ticket and ESPN, and they just moved everybody over to the ticket. So ESPN in Dallas is just 100% ESPN. So there's only two sports shows there. Well, we appreciate and you supporting us, down, Jeff, down, in Arkansas. Thanks, we got to get to the rest of our predictions, and we'll get you back on again at some point. We'll probably talk okay. to Jeff on, on Ventline. Um, where are we at here? Judd Zolgan, yeah. your final prediction, sir. Dateline on our guy would be good. Oh, be Keith line. Morrison? Randy and Cottage, a Randy and Cottage Grove went for a walk, and he never came home. Was it? Was it one of his ex-wives? It looks like the Grim Reaper selected Randy and Cottage Grove at pick number one. Cottage, <laughs> Cottage Grove, Minnesota, a sleepy little town where down, no like one would expect down? murder. Only there was. Um, all right, so great. my final. Write that down. Please fire up the master's music. Oh man! Oh, on a shot. Love me some. Love me some uh, excessive master's music. Would you want this master's music, or do you want like the? No, no, it's no. moving day. No, no, it's moving day. No, no, no. Jordan, Jordan Spieth. Can I want he the... catch John Rahm looking yes. to avenge failure shots. from years past? John Rahm, whose wife just it's had all coming. a kid, and he's getting no sleep at all. Oh, Will it's he... all coming up next? At the Masters. CBS presents the Masters. Okay, yeah, give me the slow stuff. All right. Because this is going to be a solemn. This is going to be a solemn. Write that down. Okay. Because while the Masters returns with the Isaiahs in April, what they don't have back is multiple-time champion Tiger Woods who I don't know where he is right now, but I bet he has two casts on his legs. Cool. There will be, write this down, there will be something at the Masters to honor Tiger Woods either by a player, players plural, 
or tournament organizers. And I'm talking about like they'll all wear red like they did right after he got injured on a Sunday. But there will be some show of of honor for Tiger Woods this weekend at the Masters. Tiger sitting in a full body cast at whatever mansion. Do he we know where in he California. is? Like, is he going to rehab? Joy? He, no, he's back home. He tweeted yesterday because Dustin Johnson was the host of the Masters dinner because he won the Masters oh, sure. last year. Sure. And so you get to like pick your menu for everybody and stuff. And Tiger tweeted out some barb like. Was really looking forward to running DJ's tab up at the you know the Masters dinner this year, but it's gonna have to wait till next year. Or something I don't know if he has some PR person just being lighthearted while he sits there just in tears or what his deal is, but yeah, apparently. The, so they had information like TMZ reported that they won't release they're it. They're gonna they're gonna they're gonna withhold how he they know how he crashed yeah, and what happened. And they won't but release out of it. Pri- out of privacy, they're gonna not release it. Yeah, it's it, I mean, it's very odd. It's very odd. Hmm. Interesting. All right, Declan, your final prediction. All right, final one. WrestleMania parlay for item parlay for WrestleMania. So this is a shot, I think, if it happens. Write it down. You like writing things down. Yeah, if, pretty much any four-item yeah. parlay is a home run. All right, four-item parlay involving the four major championships. Bianca Belair will win the SmackDown women's title. Rhea Ripley wins the Raw women's title. Drew McIntyre wins the WWE title. But Roman Reigns retains the Universal title. Okay. So Bianca Belair wins SmackDown. Ray Ripley wins Raw. Drew McIntyre wins WWE title. But Roman Reigns retains the Universal title at WrestleMania. So I have a prediction that might throw a wrench into your predictions. Write it down. You like writing things down. Okay. Yep. I'm going to make my prediction, and then you can, you can digest how it may impact your predictions. All right. Write, write this down. Either Brock Lesnar or John Cena will return at WrestleMania. I don't know in what capacity. I don't know if they will get involved in a title match in some form, if they will be some sort of like surprised special guest referee or something, but either John Cena or Brock Lesnar will make a return at WrestleMania this week. It's a no. two-night WrestleMania, Judd Zolgad. Yeah. What? Wait, what? No, they did it last year. This is the right thing to do. No, this is the right thing to do. They did this last year. Okay. Too. They did it with, because of the coronavirus last year. But this is an event that is basically almost five to six hours in recent years. Okay. Split this up into two and a half chunks. Why is it so long? Because like, it used to be a spe- – I mean, it's their Super Bowl. It's their spectacle. But – it, it it got so. Me and James Murphy did a watch along here. The last like at, when it was at full strength in 2019 before the world <laughs> went to crap. Yeah. And there was moments where you were like, "Well, dude, this is like six hours long. We're not doing a watch along for every single match. We do have to take a break." So I, I think it's the right move doing it to two parts. But I also think it's it's mostly a dud card. This is a dud card of WrestleMania. That's why they need Brock Lesnar. So it's a Super Cena Bowl, but it sucks. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's their Super Bowl, but yeah, it it. It stinks. The card's awful. <laughs> the card's awful, in my opinion. Yeah, it would okay. be like if there's there's really like no Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Like I'm trying to think of a Super Bowl matchup that would just be like ah whatever. Like like if if, if like Matt Stafford and the Rams wound up playing like um, I don't know like the backup like Matt Moore whoever the backup quarterback is for the Chiefs or something. It's just not very exciting. What's the cost for it? Oh, there. I mean, it's at Raymond James Stadium, so they were supposed to do it there last year too. Yeah. Uh, I bet a ticket runs well over triple digits. No, no, digits. I. But what do you mean? No, I'm. Is there a pay per view? Oh, to it? Uh, if you have Peacock, which you are a subscriber to Peacock, I believe Judd Zolgad. Yes, you're all good. You oh, really? Okay, free. so they're not charging you. Ac- mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. Yeah, you can watch. You, you, you can watch it on Peacock with us and live tweet throughout the entire weekend. No, I'm, I'm busy. 
It'll be okay. great. I'm busy. <laughs> so busy. I'll, I'll be watching the Masters. <laughs> it's the Masters. I'll be watching replays of the Masters. Masters. All right. So those write are your. Down. You like writing things down. Write that down. <laughs> predictions for the week here. Uh, by the way, write that down. Presented by PXG Minneapolis. All right. If you're a golfer out there, it's a golfer's paradise at PXG Minneapolis. The new Gen 4 golf clubs are here. Drivers, fairways, hybrids, irons, PXG's flagship clubs. They also have the 0211 clubs, a full line of high-performance clubs packed with PXG technology, priced a little bit more within reach. And if you want to look sharp, whether you're swinging those incredible clubs or you're just out and about, the PXG spring-summer apparel has arrived in-store. PXG Minneapolis in Southdale Center and find out more at pxg.com slash Minneapolis. All right, Judd still leading the way, 455 average. Everybody else is just chasing Judd all the time. And write that down. Don't forget, write that down. Football-centric predictions on Purple Daily every Wednesday. And you can find everything we do at Score North on the Score North app and scorenorth.com. We'll catch you guys for a little reckless speculation Thursday tomorrow. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples. There are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays, and Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Right now, get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton Shred. Accessories like non-slip grip resistance bands, a heart rate monitor, yoga blocks, and more. Take your workout to the next level with Peloton, motivation that moves you. Hurry, this limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access memberships separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.